Hello, Dalal. Welcome to Radical Strategies. And I'm pretty excited to talk to you. Um, you are the first person who's working in the auto industry. Um, oh, no way. The, that we're going to talk to who's uh, developed uh, the beginnings of a creative career. I know that you're pretty fresh into it, but I thought it would be great for us to just look at what you do, how you got there, what you studied, um, because you have landed a job, which I'm sure a lot of people dream of, and that is uh, working in different aspects of design and automotive. So it's pretty cool. So why don't we start out? Maybe you can give us a little intro. Sure. Uh, my name is Dalal. I'm an advanced autonomous vehicle designer at Ford Motor Company. It's a pretty mouthy title. Um, I'm lucky enough to be able to kind of move throughout the company and work on physical design, user experience design, and then digital like UI UX design. Uh, I am actually a recent graduate of a master's program over at Arts Center College of Design. So I was living in Los Angeles for about three to four years. And before that, I was actually in New Jersey where I was born and raised. And now I'm in a good old D-town, Detroit. Fantastic. Well, I'd love to learn more about um, your entry into your studies and sure. um, what you were doing before and then uh, how you started thinking about going to Art Center. You wanna talk us through like where you were at when you were a teenager and how that led into this? Yeah. Yeah, so as a teenager, I definitely had no intention of going into automotive design. I think mm -hmm. much like a lot of people, it's one of those careers that you go, well, I'll never get into that. You know, it's this mystical place that you don't know who designs the cars. It's kind of this elite small club that mm -hmm. uh, it didn't even occur to me that it was a job that's possible to have. Uh, so when I was in high school and looking at things to do in school, I always knew I loved drawing. I really, really loved drawing and art. And I thought I wanted to be an architect at first, um, but it just seemed like the career prospects in architecture weren't really there um, for at least what I was interested in. So then I found industrial design, which actually a lot of automotive designers have come through industrial design. So I did that in my undergrad and I actually went to a really small technical school called NJIT, New Jersey Institute of Technology, not too far away from my parents' house. Mm -hmm. Got my bachelor's of science in industrial design, took what I'm now calling a gap year, which was really just a year of kind of struggling to find work. Um, I did work in Brooklyn for a little bit at a great company called the American Design Club, where we represented a ton of designers, but also we designed a lot of our own small gifts products. So I ended up doing a lot of like gifts for the MoMA uh, gift shop, uh, frames for the Whitney Museum, small things like that. It was really cool, really cool learning opportunity, but ultimately not really what I was interested in doing. I wanted to mm. do something a lot um, more like in the systems world, you know, things that could impact change. And so then I kind of had this moral dilemma of like, do I want to go into automotive? Because a lot of it feels like designing, you know, shiny toys for rich people. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how I found the graduate program at Art Center, which seemed to be focused not only on the beauty of the actual vehicle, but a lot also on the system and how mobility works um, and how we can empower people to be able to move around where go and do what they want to do. 
So in applying to Art Center, I did a lot of my my writing and my application around, you know, using mobility to actually empower people in like third world countries, specifically Sudan, which is where my family's from, mm-hmm. um, and people in marginalized communities, even in the U.S., who a lot of times don't really have access to equitable transportation. So that's that's kind of how I landed in that in that master's program, and I'm really happy to have done that. So what was your experience studying an art center? Um, let's imagine someone that's watching this uh, is interested in what this is. Can you paint a picture of what it's like to be a student? Um, it's worth noting that art center is a very famous place to study transportation design, yeah. vehicle design. Um, the alumni list is crazy. You know, the, yeah. of the automotive industry has come from there. Um, yeah. But I'd love to know more about what it's like to be a student there. Yeah. So I won't lie, like that list of alumni, that was a big draw for me to want to Mm -hmm. go to Art Center because I was like, wow, people can come out of Art Center and like go to these insane companies. Like there must be a pipeline that I really want to be part of. So I was lucky to be accepted into the program. But um, people, when they think of transportation design at Art Center, I think they often think of the undergraduate program, which is definitely a lot of like sketching constantly. You're getting homework assignments from different professors every day. That's like go home and sketch me a hundred cars and come back and then we're going to talk about it. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. Definitely a lot of all nighters. A lot of just you know breaking your back on a project uh, and grueling for 14 weeks. And we also work on a trimester system. So it's not even like you get a summer vacation, you come right back after two weeks and you do it again throughout the summer. Um, So it's a lot of that, but in the master's program, which is the program that I was in, we had a little bit more flexibility. So we took a bit of a step back from just that technical stuff. And then we got to thinking um, about mobility in theory so a lot of reading into the history of you know not just when and where cars were made and how that affected um, the us and the global economy and landscape but also how it has changed societies and people and um, just the the way that mobility and mobility equity can affect the way that we live our lives um, on the day-to-day it was it was because it's a master's program a lot of times self-led Um, So especially when we got into, I should mention it's a two-year program, six terms, two years. Mm. When you get into your last year, it's your thesis year. So that is entirely on you. You are going out and you're doing the primary research. You're doing the literature reviews. You're writing the 150-page paper. You're building the project. You're 3D modeling it. Mm. Um, So it takes a lot of discipline uh, to kind of figure that out. And it takes a lot of focus. Um, I think it's definitely something that you know, you could take years in industry before deciding that you actually want to go and and do that thing. So you can kind of cultivate what your perspective and your point of view is. Um, But yeah, I'm not sure if I completely derailed that. Did that answer the question? No, no, that that definitely was quite good. Um, Definitely painted a picture of what it's like to be there. Uh, What would you say was the biggest challenge or the biggest thing that you learned um, while being there? Yeah, so I think that is twofold. As a designer specifically, when I was an undergrad, I had this really big problem of not really following process. I'd go from my initial sketch and I didn't want to kind of go through like the prototyping phase. I just wanted to have it done. I was like, I'm ready to go in the shop and just build the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Art Center, I think, really instilled in me that there is the design process. We talk about the double diamond a lot. People who are in design might already know what I'm talking about, where you kind of 
you start off with this idea and then you have to like branch out and explore a bunch of things. Then you narrow it down to one focus topic and then you branch out on your ideations and narrow down your solution. So having to follow that process and having professors that were really diligent about making sure that we met these uh, checkpoints throughout the, those 14 weeks, I think was really helpful. Um, so that was one thing that I really had to learn. Um, the second thing I think is that Art Center kind of has, um, ironically, because it's such a big and well-connected school, it's got a great network, but it has a networking issue within the, the student community itself. People mm. between different majors don't really interact with each other. Um, mm. You often find that people in like the grad program have no idea what's happening culturally within like the undergrad students. Um, so my studio specifically, my cohort was only, I think, seven people. So my graduating class was really only going to be seven people. Wow. Um, but I made it a point to kind of take these different electives and make friends that are in like environmental design or undergraduate transportation and uh, the undergraduate industrial design program and just making friends that are in these different places um, and interaction design as well, which I think not only helps you kind of see outside of this tunnel that you're in but also it's it's really good for your design process as well you know if you're kind of surrounded in just this echo chamber of people who speak transportation or speak car systems you're never going to get the different perspectives of someone who is in like graphic design and the way that they might think through a problem systematically so yeah i think those were the two big things how would you say you as a person if you were to look at all the, the characteristics and how you're leading your life and um, how you're approaching your profession, uh, how would you say you've changed from the person um, that entered into the program? Oh, that's a good question. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think it was a huge confidence boost. I, I'm someone who has a pretty small voice. I don't yell. You know, it's kind of hard for me to project. And in the beginning, it was really intimidating to kind of stand up in front of a bunch of people and speak with authority on something. Um, I still remember to this day, we had our first assignment was like, they asked us to write where we wanted to see ourselves in five years and present it to the class. And it was just a, my my classmates and my professors. And I remember my voice shaking like I mm. couldn't. It was so stressful. And today I am someone that will get up in front of my entire teammates, my company during an all hands and kind of speak to the work that I've been doing. Um, and people will call me an expert. There are people who call me an expert on things. Um, so I think I think that that confidence that instilling in myself that I do know what I'm doing, I do know what I'm talking about. I have this degree from an institution that people respect. Um, I think that is that's the major thing. Fantastic. Well, I'd like to go off in a slightly different direction. Just my yeah. own curiosity. Um, normally, radical strategies is about career, creative careers and uh, learning different best practices about how to take your dream as a creative and make that a reality. But because you're in automotive and you know I'm in automotive as well, um, you said a couple things uh, so far, which has definitely got my interest. Um, and that is, uh, I know that you're, you're working on future transportation, um, future of what automobile could be, and how that relates uh, into different types of uh, cultures 
around the world, et cetera. Um, but I also know that you are someone that you could say is an auto enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Um, I first learned of you by looking at your Instagram and I noted that you were taking pictures of old cars and things like this at, at Neats in the SoCal area. I'm curious how you would take auto enthusiast culture, which can maybe be looking a bit more into the past and, um, and how do you connect that to the future of automobile? How do you connect that to the future of transportation and what uh, transportation solutions should be in the future? Um, how does that sit within you with your own yeah. enthusiasm and passion? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I personally, I don't wanna be someone that I feel like society is leaving me behind or technology is moving forward and I'm kind of being technophobic to it. There are a lot of things that I don't love about the way that technology is moving. You know, Mm -hmm. like when we talk about things like the metaverse and NFTs, that goes over my head, you know? Mm -hmm. And it makes me a little uneasy, but at the same time, these are things that I need to force myself to kind of learn about and adapt to because protesting within myself isn't going to stop it from continuing to take over the world in the way that it is so i you know i have friends who are automotive enthusiasts who look at things like teslas and they're like well that's not a car that's a computer on wheels and Mm -hmm. i just think a thought process like that is not going to help us move forward we need those people who are the old tiny kind of gear heads um, diesel heads to help us design what the future of automotive is so that the future of automotive can actually reflect the thing that they want to see in the future. You know what I mean? Um, So yeah, I I think it's, I think there is like, we love our nostalgia. We love the cars that we grew up seeing. Um, They're beautiful, the cars of the 50s and 60s, like those are the the form language is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I understand why we're so attached to it. But at the same time, if we don't look forward, if we don't attempt to bring those people in with us to the future, we're going to have a serious equity problem. Um, I think the cars of the past already in themselves kind of have a serious equity problem where people can't access them. So how do we make sure that moving forward, we can actually make sure that everyone has access to the kind of mobility that we want to build. So I would implore those who feel a bit technophobic to kind of plug themselves into what's happening just so that, you know, they feel like they can still connect to what's coming in the near in the near couple of years. Do you believe that there's room for automotive enthusiasts in the future? Once oh, absolutely. The, once the car as we know it has transformed into something completely different that um, maybe it has tires absolutely. and brakes and lights, but otherwise is something completely different than the paradigm, the outgoing paradigm, you could say? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think so. I think it's the same as, and we talk about this analogy all the time in in mobility it's like um equestrians you know we don't ride horses to get to a and b anymore but there are still people who are equestrians for fun albeit Mm -hmm. it does have a high barrier of entry you know cost of entry but it's a thing that still exists and i think that i was thinking about this the other day you're never going to have a an autonomous muscle car you're never going to have an autonomous uh motorcycle that's just just those things it's an oxymoron you know that's the antithesis mm-hmm. of what those things mean so i think there is always going to be space to have something like autonomy to help those who can't operate a vehicle should not be operating a vehicle 
wish not to operate a vehicle to be able mm-hmm. to move around as well as having you know these more manual operated vehicles on the road whether that's some kind of road separation or um geofencing i'm not sure what that might look like but i think there's always going to be room for multimodality i don't think there's a world where we only have one kind of transportation mm-hmm. i don't i don't think that would make any sense and even and i don't even mean just um enthusiasm within the old manual vehicles i think there can be enthusiasm for the autonomous vehicle as well absolutely yeah i totally agree with you i'm curious to see how the different auto manufacturers are going to address this the old ones that have much vested interest in internal combustion engines who are slowly transforming and then you have this whole new group of uh companies that are startups or recent startups um, that don't have legacy thinking necessarily. Um, right. I'm curious how they're going to reinvent the story of automobile as we know it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's a difficult question. You know, mm-hmm. it's a hard one. Well, we'll probably come back to that in a different podcast recording. Um, let's get back to career development. So sure. you have a, a job at Ford now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'd love to know how that happened. How did you go about um, getting your, your first job in the chosen area that you were studying for? Yeah, so uh, I won't lie. Art Center had a lot to do with that. At the end of your Art Center career, we do something called the graduation show. So normally that would be held at the Pasadena Convention Center and everyone kind of puts up their posters and their boards and they stand in front of their model and people, industry professionals and other students will walk around and kind of ask you questions. Headhunters might give you a business card, etc. So usually that's how that happens. Um, but because I graduated during COVID, it was all over Zoom. So me and my cohort, as well as the undergrad transportation students, we all had seven minutes to kind of go through our deck and present ourselves to mm. every industry professional who had the time to to visit. So through that, I got a couple of companies who were interested in speaking to me. Ford happened to be one of them. And I really liked um, their mission statement. I liked what they were talking about. It seemed like it was less to do with just the beautification of a vehicle and more to do with kind of changing the zeitgeist and the way that we feel about mobility and autonomy. And and that got me really excited. So what is your job description now? Oh, that's a good question. So I mentioned Malvi title, right? Advanced Autonomous Vehicle Designer. But I'm actually, I'm lucky enough to be in kind of a rotation where I spend time on physical design. So I spent about six months doing exterior and interior uh, of our autonomous vehicles. And now I'm on the service design team where we're actually thinking about what is our strategy? What are our user journeys? Who are we pitching to? How do we make sure that it's accessible and equitable? And then in my next six months, I will be on the digital design team doing uh, user interface, user experience on the actual screens that are in and potentially outside of the vehicle. So what was your first week like? My first, oh my God, my first week was kind of a mess. Uh, My first week, everyone was heads down on this giant presentation. So no one really had time to pay attention to me. I was getting like these random assignments thrown at me all the time. I remember at at one point I was doing um, like voice and sound design. 
which is insane because I've never done that in my life. And I always made the joke to people that like BMW has Hans Zimmer doing their sound design and Ford has me. So it's the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, so first week was pretty intense. The thing that I've learned about corporate is that you get a lot of projects that don't always materialize. So I am now about eight months in sitting on a ton of work that I've produced in these eight months. Some of it has actually made its way into the vehicle and a lot of it has not. So what is your advice to someone who loves the idea of doing design in the automotive industry? They might love cars. What is your advice for someone that has yet to take those first steps to applying for this? Um, they may not even have a portfolio yet. Um, mm -hmm. So how would you advise someone that's just thinking about this? Okay, I would say, so depending on this person's age, I would say finding people who are already in the industry, especially people who have positions that you think that you might want, and talking to them, picking their brain about what their day-to-day -day tasks look like, um, looking at portfolios of people. I, I do this to this day. I will still go on LinkedIn and go look at uh, people whose careers I aspire to have, and I'll look at their website. I'll, I'll see how their career has kind of how they've built out that path for themselves. Um, and if you're interested in, in going to a school specifically for it, I think that is always a great idea. Um, but if you're, maybe you feel like you're past the age of going to a school or something, I think a lot of stuff can be self-taught. Um, I just think it's really, really difficult. That's another thing about access into this industry. It's like, I was lucky enough, fortunate enough to go to Art Center, but I know Art Center is a pretty, pretty pricey school to go to even if you get in um so yeah i think definitely build a portfolio and, and speak to people who are in, in the industry and i say age kind of matters because i do think people um people are kinder to someone who is younger and seems like they're a student they're always happy to help someone who's a student what would you say are the core skill sets that one needs to cultivate in oneself to have a career like the one that you're embarking on yeah um, so depending on what you want to do specifically, if you want to do um, automotive design, exterior, interior, styling, that kind of thing, you really got to work on that sketching skill. Like that is absolutely bare minimum is you have to be an excellent sketcher. Um, there's also 3D modeling on the other end of that. Um, we use a lot of alias in the industry. I personally do not know how to use alias, but people, that's the program that most people end up using, alias and Blender. Um, but if you're interested in user experience design, I think that might have a lower barrier of entry because you can get into a lot of like startups or smaller companies doing UI UX web design and kind of build your way up that way. And you can definitely build a portfolio really easily that way. And there's a lot of certifications that you can get online, a lot of uh, classes that you can take that will teach you UI UX in just a few weeks. Fantastic. Well, yeah. great conversation. Appreciate your time. Of course. Time. Of course. Um, we always close out any conversation with a Radical Strategies guest with the same question. And that is, what is your radical strategy of the day? What is your final piece of advice for us? Okay, this is something I live by and it, it's taken me a while to kind of fully commit to it. But my favorite thing to say is follow the fear. If it's scary, mm -hmm. do it. That's the best time to do it. If it makes you nervous, do it. And after doing it a few times, it won't even make you nervous anymore. Follow the fear. Great advice. Well, thanks very much for your time. Thank you. Fantastic.